If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. You're listening to State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, it is time for Hour 2 of State of the Nation with yours truly, Steve Hook, and my man, Brian hesher McLean. I'm in Jersey on the Jersey Shore. Brian, of course, Central Texas. That first hour went quick. I liked Bayes. Very interesting guy, man. Uh, he is a wealth I, of knowledge and an inspirational guy. I love that about Bayes, man. It's like I, I and, order a book almost every time I talk to him. I have a pile well, you know, the building. Funny, the funny thing is, is you always see these people do these news hits. And more often than not, they're standing in front of a bank of books. Makes them look really smart. And of course, if they're selling a book, they've got the cover out right behind them. So you can see it over their right shoulder, their left shoulder. But with him, he's got loads and loads of books and every one of them is dog eared and he's got note notations on it and stuff. It's just like, <laughs> you're like, OK, well, this guy, actually that's not just a prop for him. He's really into the book. So uh, very interesting. I look forward to chatting with him again. Absolutely. But, uh, we got we'll a big back soon. Absolutely. Yeah, we got a big second hour here. Um by the way, kind of sad news out of uh, Plains, Georgia. Uh, it looks like former First Lady Rosalind Carter has entered uh, hospice care in Georgia. 96 years old. Uh, her and her, of course, Jimmy Carter, former President Jimmy Carter, 99 years old. Boy, these two have had a good run. Uh, but it looks like Rosalind has now entered into hospice care, which, of course, is kind of the 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 end notes of life. And we certainly do wish the Carter family well. And uh, it's sad to see that because I didn't like him as a president. I think he's a great, a former president. Uh, what he did for Habitat for Humanity is wonderful. And and Rosalind was always there by his side. And uh, and every Sunday, if you happen to go down to Plains, Georgia, which is kind of in the middle of South Georgia, way down there, um, and you can go to their church and they would be there every Sunday. You can go sit in Sunday school with them it, it, the secret service was there, but they were always there. And uh, now she's uh, on her, on her way to, to check out, I guess, but kind of sad news. I just thought I'd pass that along. Yeah, that is sad news. And, and this comes on the heels of um, president Trump uh, losing his sister just recently, just days ago, his sister, Marianne Trump, uh, What's her last or other last name? I can't remember her married last name, but um, I noticed that Roger Stone was friends with her, and he actually played a role in um, convincing Ronald Reagan to give her a bench appointment. Uh, sounds like that was a slick political move, too, because uh, the person that would have taken that seat uh, may not have been um, as right for the job as she was. So, you know, uh, rest in peace to Marianne also. Yeah, Marianne Trump Barry. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Yeah, she just you got it. No, I looked it up as you were saying it. Uh yeah, well, you know, that's kind of the way it goes. But uh anyway, God, 96 and 99. I don't, you know, you've yeah. got that's got to be real love. I mean, because you know, you if you if you're gonna stick around that long, you 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 must uh you must love your partner, I would think. A lot of people would be saying, I've been with you long enough, I'm checking out, but uh these two are uh still hanging tight. So uh so so that's good to hear. Like I said, we've got a great weekend coming up. I mean, and I mean, a big uh, second half of the uh, show coming up. And you mentioned in the last hour, Hesh, and I wanted to kind of circle back on this, that we've got a big week next week. Folks, we will be here on Thanksgiving. 
Uh, yeah. And so we look forward to that. So, um, you know, more often than not, you would say, oh, well, they're going to be off on Thanksgiving. No, 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 no. We don't take time off. We're going to be here yeah, for we're, Thanksgiving. We're, we're going to be here for you on Thanksgiving uh, and, you know, happy to do it. Um, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving lined up. And while you're doing uh, all the things that you do on Thanksgiving, roll some TNT in the background, you know. Uh, you know, they say maybe that you shouldn't talk about politics and religion and stuff like that at holidays, but, uh, I think those days are sort of gone now as we live in the age of mass power, political polarization, say that 10 times fast, but, uh, you know, that, that sort of, um, I don't think we're in that realm anymore. And actually Steve, um, just today, uh, along those lines, there's a, an event happening, um, the uh, politics at the Thanksgiving table in Iowa, where uh, three GOP candidates are courting voters. So they're going for sort of a unique political event here. And the forum that they, they're putting together, it's actually starting right now. I believe it is going as we are speaking. So uh, I was able to look at it a little bit um, as we we're getting ready for the show here. But they're setting it up like a like a Thanksgiving dinner table, you know, and uh yeah, it looks like, uh, well, you know, Donald Trump's not going to be there, and Tim Scott was invited, but he's dropped out. So it looks like maybe like a Nikki Haley, uh, DeSantis uh, sort of thing. I think there's one other candidate there, maybe Vivek. Yeah, Christie will probably belly his way onto the stage. That guy just like, if there's a camera around, he's going to find it. Hey, maybe so there's we'll food, see. too. It looks like that might draw him in. <laughs> hey, do you have a suggestion for a possible guest or maybe a... Uh, a host or a topic you want to hear on TNT radio. Well, if you think you've got what, uh, what, what you want to, hear, if you think that we have got what you want to hear, let us know, just simply complete the suggestion form on the TNT radio website and help us make a difference on TNT radio. There's a lot going on. So it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready. Cause here we go at the top 30 minutes past. And when it breaks today's news talk radio, TNT. All right, well, let's bring Ruckus back into the party here. Hey, listen, if you absolutely hate the idea of shopping for a new car at the local dealership, and who could blame you, you're probably going to like this. E-commerce behemoth Amazon has announced that it will begin selling vehicles to customers in the United States starting next year. That's right. You can order a car right on your Amazon account. Uh, And uh, how, how convenient is that? Here with the story. TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Okay, Ruckus, so when I'm filling out my Amazon form and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to need some uh, toilet paper. I'm going to need paper towels. Let me get the double ply thickness. Oh, and here's a Chevy. I better get a Chevy while I'm at it. Is is that what's going on here? Absolutely. That's exactly what's going on. I'm just dying laughing to myself about this because my own personal experiences with Amazon plus the stories we hear. So like, first of all, I don't know about you gentlemen, but like when I buy something, Amazon will put it in like the world's largest box for no reason. It'll be like this little item and it's inside this big old box. That's like full yeah. of empty, nothing. I, I'm like, is that, are they going to do the same thing with the cars? The other thing I'm like, uh, there's this rampant uh, problem of thieves, the porch pirates. I mean, are we going to have people porch pirates stealing cars off of people's front porches now? Um, so this is, this is legit. The, the company Amazon that has unveiled its plans yesterday, uh, November 16th during the 2023 Los Angeles Auto Show, noting that the new additions to its online shopping site will make it, quote unquote, more convenient for customers to find and buy their vehicle of choice and 
pick it up from their local dealer. That's right. I guess it's not being delivered to your front porch. The e-commerce giant revealed Hyundai would be the first brand to sell cars on the platform starting in the second half of 2024 with other brands following suit later that year. Amazon CEO Andy Jassy said in a press release, quote, Hyundai is a very innovative company that shares Amazon's passion for trying to make customers' lives better and easier every day. Our broad strategic partnership should do just that, from changing the ease with which customers can buy vehicles online to making it simple to use Alexa in Hyundai vehicles for entertainment, shopping, smart home adjustments, and calendar checks to enabling Hyundai to transform their customer experiences and business operations by moving to Amazon Web Services, AWS. We look forward to inventing together for many years, end quote. Under the new partnership between Amazon and the Korean automaker, customers will be able to purchase a new vehicle online and then either pick it up or, oh, have it delivered by their local dealership at a time that works best for them. I guess there is a delivery involved here. Uh, fascinating. American customers will also be able to search on Amazon, excuse me, Amazon for available vehicles in their area based on a quote, range of preferences, end quote, including of course, model, trim, color, and features, choose their preferred car, and then check out online with their chosen payment and financing options. Uh, Amazon said, quote, this new shopping experience will create another way for dealers to build awareness of their selection and offer convenience to their customers, end quote. The agreement is an exp expansion of a deal announced two years ago to expand Hyundai's digital showroom on Amazon.com. Uh, the car maker is set up, they set up its first digital showroom on Amazon in 2018. Under the newly announced deal, Amazon's virtual assistant Alexa will be integrated into Hyundai's next generation vehicles starting in 2025. Uh, and then, of course, Hyundai also signed a multi-year deal for Amazon's cloud computing, computing services, AWS. Uh, Amazon did not say how many dealers would be participating in the new shopping experience or how the retail giant and dealers would share its revenue from the sales. Mums the word, as it were. The company plans to reveal more about the new deal in the weeks to come. So, yeah, this is fascinating. Of course, um, this kind of this type of thing kind of picked up uh, the online car sales market thanks to the good old pandemic. Uh, and it looks uh, as if uh, they are looking to continue that because, you know, you cut out so many costs. I mean, I, you know, it's been a long time since I went to go buy a car. But the, the thing that I hated and a lot of people hate about the experience is having to deal with the smarmy, uh, sleazy, potentially uh, un, unlegitimate uh, car salesman types. And then you got to wait. And then there's a guy in a room somewhere and they come back like, oh yeah, sorry. The boss says, no, we're going to look at some things. We're going to call the bank and you, you're there all day and you never get what you want. So this might be better for people, but what do you guys think? Well, I think that, it, I think that, I think that it's a pretty good idea. I mean, Carvana kind of jumped on that, didn't they? I mean, so this is, uh, this is where Amazon's going with it. What do you think, Ash? Would yeah, you buy very a car online? I'm glad. I'm glad you brought up Carvana. No, I've never bought one online. I've sold car online, though. I've sold a car on eBay once, and uh, it did take a lot of effort. But it was, uh, you know, it was a customized car. It was an FJ Cruiser that had been, you know, lifted up, had big old mud tires on it, and all that. So 
you know, it was, and they stopped making those. So it was, you know, uh, it wasn't going to get us much for trade in, or, I mean, it would have been a decent trade in, but to sell it to someone who's actually looking for something like that on eBay made sense for a personal sale. And with regards to Carvana, that provided the convenience and um, they made a they must have made a mint uh, during the pandemic because nobody wanted to go to car dealerships. Um, and, you know, um, we've just been looking at new cars, actually, kind of trying to see what the market is like right now. And the market right now, if you look at what the experts are saying that watch the market, there were 18 million cars that were not produced in 2020. And that caused a supply and demand uh, absolute flip-flop. So right now, if you're shopping for a car, the conventional wisdom is um, buy a car that's two to three years old used. But there's a negligible difference at this point in those type of purchases right now versus buying a new car off the lot. And if you research um, what the supply is on the lots, there's a number of brands that have a, a big supply on the lot right now. So you can actually get some good deals haggling right now. And so Ruckus, that's a great point about uh, the dismay of haggling, but there's also the thrill of haggling and sometimes the uh, benefit of haggling. You know, if you catch them near the end of the month and they have a high um, stock, you know, you've got some wiggle room for haggling right there if you've got the, you know, tenacity to actually do it and you know what you're talking about and you kind of know the market. So uh, this is very interesting. Convenience uh, may take over people's um, desire to have that ability to haggle, though. Maybe they'll have yeah. a setup where you can haggle on Amazon. And, and the other thing I'm wondering, can you finance it from Amazon? The financing is the most complicated part of all this. Exactly that, right. that to me seems, right, like that would be weird to do online, right, Steve? Like they got to check your credit and all this other stuff. Well, yeah, and not only that, but, you know, you think you got a good deal. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, we're going to escort you into the back room now with our finance guy. And that's where <laughs> yeah. you get screwed. That's where you get screwed right there. So, um, I was thinking the exact same thing. How are they going to do the financing? But I guess we'll sort this out. Hey, listen, if Carvana can figure it out, God knows Bezos can figure it out. Um, so we'll see. Speaking of, speaking of this, um, real quick, and I know we got to roll and got to let you go here, uh, Ruckus, but did you, did you see that Amazon is laying off several hundred of its employees in the lead up to, uh, to the holidays? And this is, it, maybe they could just reshift them to the car dealership angle. But these are folks that worked on the Alexa project. Apparently, people are starting to say, I don't necessarily want an Alexa listening to my every conversation in the house. So they're not selling as much as they used to. And, uh, you know, we I think our word of the day, Hesher, has been ubiquitous. Let me just got, yeah. give you guys a little story about how Alexa works for you. And it wasn't even Alexa. It was my cell phone a week and a half ago. My wife and I went on a beautiful hike in upstate New Jersey in the mountains, a place called the Stairway to Heaven, which is just an absolute beautiful, it's a tough-ass hike, but when you get to the top, it's well worth it. And as we were hiking, I was talking about how I need to get myself some new hiking boots. I need to get some Merrells, some really good ones, because these Timberlands are just breaking down. They're crap. I, I got to get new boots. Guess what I saw all over all my social feeds the next day? ads for Merrill hiking boots yep. and uh it's just crazy how the world has gone so there no, you go it it really is and uh i also wonder 
um, at a higher level, the the corporation Hyundai, um, you know, Hyundai and Kia have been under fire for uh, the last few years because they've had some serious problems with their 2011 to 2018 thereabouts models. Some of them catch fire. They have engine fires. And um, uh, young people on TikTok have discovered how to defeat their security systems, so they get stolen all the time. We had a Kia stolen from our neighborhood, one of our neighbors, a cop, right? A, A cop actually has a squad car out in front of this house. One of his kids had a Kia. Well, someone stole it and drove it around. Joy, Joy drove it around for uh, for a couple of days and ditched it. And this has become an absolute mess. But um, I do think that it looks like these uh, vulnerabilities have led to improvements from those two companies. I'm seeing Hyundai and Kia rate really high, um, and they actually do not have a lot of stock on the lots right now. So if you go buy one of those cars, um, you're not going to be able to haggle very much. And one last thing before we let you go. Um, what is up with Hyundai having purchased Boston Dynamics? These guys make cars in factories, and now they're going to be making these Atlas robots and all these crazy things that we've seen on factory floors. Those Boston Dynamic dogs that they sell to, like you know, Singapore police stations and stuff like this. So there's some there's some big moves going on in in this corporate structure, and Bezos getting attached to it might mean something in the future so we'll have to keep an eye on this one a swift eye on this one ruckus ruckus thanks for bringing us this story and uh we have have a great weekend and we'll see you on monday for another one this is state of the nation on today's news talk tnt radio tnt radio's rick munn i'm looking also at south africa in terms of uh, escom which is a company that we have talked about a lot here that's the south african electricity provider escom has posted a massive 24 billion rand loss for 2022 2023 financial year exacerbated by a huge escalation in load shedding, which is basically blackouts, for want of a better expression, mounting municipal debt and skyrocketing losses due to criminal activity. That's both within the company, I would say, and outside of the company. The group presented its first full year financials for the 12 months ending 31st of March on Tuesday. It said the year was characterized by a significant deterioration of performance, including a steep decline in energy availability of 56%, down from 62%. So half the country are having difficulty getting any electricity at all and most places are undergoing what's called uh, load shedding which means for up to 10 hours per day you could be disconnected from the electricity supply in South Africa. Locked and loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702. 
or read more at MITmodular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. You are about to have to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country is all about. TNT Radio. As soon as Steve and I heard about the Macy's Day Parade and started hearing about their push towards trans people, they've got this whole trans thing going on in the Macy's Day Parade. We thought to ourselves, what is going on here? What happened to the Macy's Day Parades of yore. I spoke about sitting with my grandmother watching it and seeing, you know, Steve brought up the the Snoopy balloon. I brought up the Mighty Mouse balloon, Underdog, so many classics, you know, so many family-friendly things. And not a, not a hint of sexuality in any of it, as far as, you know, my innocent mind remembers. Um, joining us now to discuss is Eden Gordon-Hill, of course, from the All-American Book Club. Eden, it's great to see you again. I guess I can almost say happy holidays at this point, but we are looking at Thanksgiving coming up next week, and we would love to get your take on this amazing spin um, from the Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> Hi, you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas. I'm so glad to be back here with you guys. You know, I was sitting there, I originally heard the news story on American Family Radio, and I had done an interview with them, and we were talking about it, and I got to thinking, I said, wait a second here, Macy's Day Parade, and I grew up, similar to you, but I grew up in, in Jersey, in North Jersey, and I remember always putting it on before we sat down for the family meal, so I got to yeah. digging more and more, and I said, okay, wait a second here, so I started searching. And instantly when I pulled up, I put, went to my Macy's app where I love to shop for the Holidays Believe theme. And it turns out if you type in drag, they have all of these things that you can buy under drag at the Macy's app. So if you dig even farther, Macy's is just the tip of the iceberg. If you Google drag Christmas holiday, and I'm in Eastern North Carolina, even though I have the big city behind me. I cannot begin to tell you how many drag Christmas holidays are happening in and around the state of North Carolina and Virginia as we head into the Christmas holiday. So let me back up for a second. When I saw the news article, I instantly thought, what has happened to the Christmas spirit? Because I'm driving around, okay, I put up my decorations November 1st. Don't, 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 you know judge me for that. But I was driving around this area and I thought, wait a second, is it just Eastern North Carolina? No, it's not Eastern North Carolina. That Christmas spirit, that cultural piece, that faith piece has declined in the past couple of years. And it's not just because of COVID. It's going back even five or six more years before that. And I remember President Trump talking about the culture wars on Christmas. Well, we are now seeing it. It is drag this in the Macy's Day Parade. It is drag this in Asheville. It's drag this in Virginia Beach. So at the end of the day, there it really, it's an evil aspect. I see it as pure evil. When I lived in New York City, they had drag this, they had drag that. They kept it separate from a wholesome family event. So you could make the choice, but now they're enforcing it in front of us. They're putting it in front of our kids. So this group called Moms of Millions, they have more than 31,000 signing a petition to stop it. Obviously, they're not there yet, but I am supporting what they're doing. How many, we have all these great moms groups, Moms for Liberty, Moms for America. 
everybody is in an uproar here because if we think about, we want to sit our kids in front of family traditions that still are important to us. But at the end of the day, they're going to be seeing in between the floats of Snoopy, they're going to be seeing drag. And it's really very disturbing to the heart and mind as we're trying to change this next generation and protect it. And instead, we're sitting around our Thanksgiving tables watching something so disgusting and so disrespectful to our faith, to our family, and to our freedoms. I, I find the whole thing um, uh, just so maddening. And I'll tell you why, Eden, because I, what you'll hear from the left, the, the secular crowd, is don't force your religion down our throats. Don't don't preach your morality. Stop with the proselytizing. Just mm -hmm. stop it already. It's mm -hmm. happy holidays, and that's where we're going to leave it. Okay, okay. But now they have no problem pushing their quote unquote morality down everybody else's throat, do they? Right. They have no problem saying we're going to take over your uh, Thanksgiving parades. We're going to take mm -hmm. over your Christmas. Uh, your Christmas uh, uh, parades or whatever you may do for Christmas. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, no, no more. Uh, you can't have a crash on the public land. Can't do that anymore. Um, it's 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 just way too over the top. I mean, I remember when this whole thing was going on where they were saying, oh, it's a war on Christmas and people were kind of snickering about it. But it's for it, real. I mean, it is it really is happening. Yeah, I was going to reference the site. It is 1millionmoms.com, and they were interviewed by a lot of the mainstream media as well. I was surprised Fox News actually picked it up, but they did some great interviews, and they're up to 31,000. I was just listening to some of their interviews, 31,000 to sign the petition to fight this. So basically, they're saying, while you're in the kitchen and your kids are out either playing or on their TVs, this is going to be on the screen. And so they're basically saying, Keep Macy's Day Parade off of your TVs this year or off your iPads or off your phones. And I'm sitting there saying, who is, okay, I want to know where the money is. I want to know who is funding this and who is really underlining and funding this. We know Macy's, but who else is doing this in the city? Who else is doing this around the country? And it really, it's like you said, Steve, they are imposed. We can't impose our faith. We can't talk about our faith in the public square, but you have to force drag and the homosexual lifestyle and every other disgusting lifestyle down our throats. No, yeah, I lived in New York. I was yeah. among my friends who have all their different relationships and I didn't sit down there and criticize them, but they also didn't force it down my throats either. Yeah, we exactly. were able to talk about, and, and that's the thing. So who is behind this? Is it the third administration of Obama trying to destroy the country even more? I would say maybe it's a part of it, but the yeah. culture and the politics piece, we've been watching this happen. I remember being in Senator Santorum's team on the Senate Republican conference years ago when he was third leadership in the Senate. We, even back then, in the early 2000s, right after 9-11, we were fighting these culture wars. We saw things happening and we knew things were about to change. And that shift was happening even then. And so we were always talking about lifting the good, the true and the beautiful. It had nothing to do with drag. It had everything to do with our freedom of religion, our freedom to gather, and are also celebrating what families really stand for. And this yeah. has nothing to do with families. This is just a propaganda for the left 
to impose and push down our throats even more. So how do we how do we stand up to it? Do we just sit there and watch it anyway and say, oh, well, lift our hands? I honestly wanted to take my godson, who is in a marching band, who's dying to go to Macy's Day Parade. I wanted to take him this year. And I'm like, no, I, I can't take you to this. I can't take you to this. This is not what Macy's stands for. Their Believe, their Believe logo, this is nothing what Macy's stands for. I can't do it. And I'm not going yeah. to. It's just not family friendly, you know. It's it's the right decision to make because there's nothing family friendly about that. And you know, it's like if if we were to flip it around, you know, put go ten years back and and put some sort of you know um, adult heterosexual content into the parade, nobody would have wanted that either. So this has nothing to do with you know the the type of adult content that it is it just doesn't belong in a family family th- friend family friendly event like the macy's day parade on an american Grooming. holiday yeah exactly hold the line here eden we have a headline inbound we'll pick up right where we left off on state of the nation at today's news talk tnt radio today's news talk radio we 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 do have some big news what is it yeah what is it what is it now tnt radio news for tnt radio news this is james o'neill The UK government cannot guarantee any Rwanda deportation flights will take off before the next UK general election, which polling claims the governing conservatives are likely to lose, suggesting the policy is unlikely to ever happen. Spain's Pedro Sanchez was re-elected as prime minister by the nation's parliament on Thursday when he leveraged a controversial amnesty deal to get the critical support from Catalan separatists to stay in power. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. My call sign is Hesher, and all I want for Christmas is an end to culture wars and a a stop to this. I just want some family traditions back, an end to culture wars, an end to propaganda, Uh, not more propaganda. We don't need that in Mm -hmm. our Macy's Day parades. And we are joined by Eden Gordon-Hill. Go to WMAL.com forward slash All American Book to keep up with her work. The All American Book Club is absolutely amazing. She does amazing work over there. Now, Eden, uh, we got a couple more culture jammers uh, working on us this holiday season. Okay, um, I'm ready. Here yeah, we go. Yeah, what's what's up with Zabber's Coffee and and the Starbucks Union? What's what's the deal with this story? Oh, Zabar's. Zabar's Coffee. So I wanted to send over your way. Okay, so Starbucks, Starbucks Union, Starbucks this, Starbucks that. And yesterday was their Red Cup Day, and they were doing all this union stuff, trying to bring everybody together, whatever, whatever. And I sat there and thought, and I said to, you know, I said, I was sitting here drinking Zabar's, in case you didn't know. And it's from New York, and it's from a Jewish deli, and it's been around forever, and it's the best coffee. I may live here in Eastern North Carolina, and no, I do not promote them. I get money for them, but I talk about them all the time because they do Zabar's ZP. They ship me my coffee every three weeks, and they also ship me their bagels and the best food in the world. But this is why I'm saying this. 
Zabar's is all about family. They're all about their faith and they're all about their community. And I can pick up the phone and call Zabar's and say, hey, I want something. I will actually talk to a live person. I will actually talk to someone who lives in the city of New York and who actually cares about the fact that I love their coffee and they're going to send me the best roast ever. Let me tell you this. Starbucks does not do that. Starbucks does not do that. And I, I wanted to talk about that for a second, just because I see what Starbucks is doing. They're pushing all these social agendas, more social agendas down our throat. They once stood for taking care of our veterans. They once stood for employing our veteran spouses, our military spouses. But since then, they have turned the dial completely to a different direction. And they may be right around the corner, but I'd rather invest in giving Zabar's New York my coffee and being able to have it shipped and paying that extra money to know I'm supporting a Jewish family, a Jewish business, and a community that has not has not died yet to the New York woke mob. Yeah. And I noticed that on this, uh, you know, the, the the workers of Starbucks are trying to unionize. And mm-hmm. I saw, I, I think it may have been on Fox, may have been on Newsmax. I don't know. I kind of flip around, but uh, mm-hmm. it showed a guy wearing a unionized and it looked like a, kind of a mock-up of the Starbucks logo, but it had a big hand like this, which mm-hmm. of course we all know what the fist is. That's right. the all-powerful Black Lives Matter used the fist. Of course, Marx used the fist. Stalin used the fist. Very, very, this pro-union stuff is one thing, but this is pure up, straight up Marxism. And they do. They. I don't understand, um, Eden, why companies, especially companies the size of, well, I don't know, Anheuser-Busch or, or Starbucks or Target, why they insist on getting involved with these cultural wars. It seems that it is a lose-lose for them always. It's never a, boy, I'm glad we jumped in front of the, I'm, 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 glad, we, I'm glad we pushed the trans movement. It's really done wonders for our business. It never does. It always backfires. So why do they do it? Yeah, I, I don't cred. I I think it's one, there's no common sense to it. So they don't have any common sense Two, I wonder you. We always talk about follow the money. Where's the money? What kind of money are they getting underneath the table and what kind of money are they getting up front? So I sit there and say it has a lot to do with the political quote, what is happening in the culture. But I also say, where is the money? And at the end of the day, you know, the whole big picture of these culture wars I wanted, and I mentioned this in one of our other episodes, but I sat there and thought about our faith in the church and the church is not standing up to these culture wars. They're letting the culture run right over the church, right over the pastor, right over the leadership. And at the very foundation of this country is faith. And I blame the churches. I blame the lack of leadership in the churches. And I blame the fact that that is happening because they would rather go along with the culture so they do not lose the almighty tithing and the dollar. That's what it looks like. That really does at the end of the day. I think you're right. You know, and we keep asking who's funding all this. It's not like all of the drag queens in the world are just spending their own money and their own time to go participate in these things. There's NGOs behind it. Heck, yes. even JB, even yes. JB Pritzker, the Pritzker family has massive amount of investment in this. There's all sorts of money going into this, uh, federal money too. When you really yes. start peeling the layers yes. away, 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of highly funded culture jamming going on here by people who, when you really look into it, and corporations, when you really look into it, you look at their social media stance in countries that aren't doing mm-hmm. this sort of cultural jamming, mm-hmm. and they behave completely differently if they're an international company. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of those topics that need to be talked about at this Thanksgiving dinner table that the candidates are having in Iowa. I heard you guys talking about it and I looked it up and I it instantly came across my news source from Daily Signal. And I sat there and thought, I've been beating that drum for I don't know how long because the conversations that happen around the kitchen table are the most powerful conversations that you'll ever hear. They change the hearts and minds of the next generation, not the Senate floor, not the House floor, not the almighty pen in the executive office of the president, but those conversations. And it's about dang time that those candidates actually sit down and listen to the American people. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I, I will say this. The, you know, the, the funny thing about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is it used to just be on in the background all day long yeah. during Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then when that was over, when everybody's passing out on the couch, you might watch a football game. And then it's time for the marathon of a Christmas story. So then that comes on. Well, I won't be watching the Macy's St. Pat uh St. Patrick's, beg your pardon, the Macy's Thanksgiving <laughs> Day Parade. That's that <laughs> it's probably coming to it's probably coming to St. Patrick's Day Parade too soon enough. But uh that's done for me. I'm I'm done with it. I, I just won't do it. It's not I just can't so, yeah, just so silly it's so unbelievably silly yeah i don't think we're going to be tuning in i have a great i have a great recommendation to your amazing audience here at tnt okay yeah yeah final thoughts here eden uh we'll we'll close on that but go ahead sure so great american media great american media which is the new hallmark highest ratings beat out hallmark they have the best family-friendly faith content for the Christmas season. If you really want to remember what Christmas is about, the true meaning of Christmas and the true meaning of holidays, go to Great American Media. You can download the app. Also merge with Pure Flix. They are where it's at for faith and family and freedom. All right. Great suggestion. Thank you. And perfect timing. WMAL.com forward slash All American Book for the All American Book Club. Follow Eden Gordon Hill. We highly recommend it. Eden, thank you so much. And if we Thanks, don't speak Eden. to you before the holiday, have a great one and find something um, better to do than watch that Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and get your Zabar's coffee. You guys, many blessings to you. Have a great Thanksgiving. You okay, too. Eden. Likewise. Take care. Yeah, you too. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Who says legislation isn't a contact sport? We nearly came to blows today in the United States Senate as Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma squared off against Sean Butterbean O'Brien, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. O'Brien had been very critical of Mullen on X, tweeting, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Just a clown and a fraud, always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Mark Wayne Mullen read that tweet and said, here is a place, now is a time you want to go? And Butterbean said, let's go. Cooler heads like Bernie Sanders intervened. They weren't going to come to blows anyway. This wasn't quite the caning of abolitionist Republican Senator Charles Sumner by pro-slavery Democrat Senator Preston Brooks of South Carolina in 1856, but it was good to see a Republican show a little spine, show a little 
enthusiasm for his position. Now, if we can only get Mark Wayne as focused on election integrity efforts and on budgetary issues as he is on posts on X. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love, to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing, and the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales, and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, welcome back to uh, State of the Nation uh, with uh, Steve Hook and Brian Hesher McLean. Uh, we're very happy to welcome Senator Shannon Grove, uh, State Senator Shannon Grove from California. Senator, hello there. How are you, ma'am? Welcome to the program. We're sorry to make you wait, but we're glad to have you. Oh, thank you guys. No, no problem whatsoever. I'm glad you guys are going to cover this subject matter. Yeah, it's a subject matter that's uh, that, that is very important, and it's one that it's getting some attention, uh, but it's not getting as much as it probably deserves, and that is human trafficking. Of course, what's going on at the southern border makes this, uh, well, I mean, it's just obvious that it's happening, uh, and it drives me nuts that it's not talked about on the uh, on the news as much. I suspect it would be if it was somebody else in office, but they're not talking about sex trafficking, uh, labor trafficking. We see these stories, but nothing is slowing it down. Why don't you tell us about SB 14 and and what you plan on doing to try and address this this obvious problem? Well, um, uh, thank you very much. So SB 14 is a bill that a conservative Republican got out of the California state legislature which is pretty phenomenal all in itself. It's uh, it's uh, it puts perpetrators in prison for a longer period of time, creates a strike in the three strikes law that hasn't been done in almost two decades for selling children for sex. I went to a human trafficking awareness event three years ago, my district attorney put on, and I listened to the stories. And one of the stories was a, uh, a lady who's about 35, 40 years old, but she told about how she was sold for sex at the age of seven. Broke my heart. And then my district attorney, during a conversation after when we were speaking to the individual, the survivor, she says, you know, I wish we could make this a serious felony in the state of California. And I was floored. Like, why isn't it already a serious felony in the state of California? So sure enough, we researched it. It's not, you could get busted for selling children for sex. You go to prison for 12 years and you can get out in three years and eight months on criminal justice reform and good behavior. And so we worked really hard for three years. The bill died twice um, and we ended up getting it. The media got involved, engaged hundreds of thousands of Californians, nonprofits, law enforcement, and the media got involved and everybody engaged. And we managed to get the governor to sign that bill on September 25th. So now... 
as of January 1st, if you sell a child for sex in the state of California, it's going to be the first strike in a serious felony. Wow. that Well, that's Amazing. great, but you're right. It should have happened all along, huh? Yeah, who would have thought, right? Even liberal news- newspapers, that, like the Los Angeles Times, like, you're serious? This isn't a serious felony? And I'm like, yeah, no, it's not. Um, and not to mention that the bill died twice because my colleagues killed it. So, um, it, you know, and it died again in public safety, which caused an uproar. So, it's just a, it's, it was a, a feat, but we managed to get it done. And now you guys are still talking about it. So, thank you. Yeah, well, it's so important. And it's it's such a mind-bending thing for me. I'm someone that grew up in California. I spent the first 40 plus years of my life in California and I remember the heat of the the war on drugs. Um, you know, uh, Kamala Harris actually involved in that. Um, and the three strikes you're out, applying three strikes to people for things like marijuana possession, um, cocaine possession, things like this, putting, you know, people in prison for really long periods of time for strikes based on things like that and then you know so so arguably there's you know maybe something needed to change with the way strikes were applied but why why this i mean why would it not be if it was going to be applied to anything that most people would agree upon it would be something like this that protects vulnerable people and punishes people that uh you know extort um and do these sort of things to vulnerable people Agree, agree 100%. But, you know, there were other bills that failed, like rape of an unconscious person, because rape in the definition, the woman has to say no, right? And if she's unconscious, she can't say no. And um, so they tried to pass that and it died. So there is a group of individuals. And again, you know, putting people on three strikes for a bag of marijuana was just criminal. It was not right. That was not right. Those things needed to be changed. But rape of an unconscious person, selling children for sex, or even labor trafficking. When we started SB 14, we encompassed labor trafficking and any individual that was sold into this horrific modern slavery, you know, dark underworld. And in order to even get this bill passed, we had to amend it so it just covered zero to 17. And that kind of broke my heart because we had three really super amazing, strong, surviving women that now have nonprofits and um, are, you know, helping keep individuals out of this dark underworld. And one of them, it wouldn't cover. It would cover Odessa Perkins with Empowerment, that um, beautiful African-American woman that, you um, uh, got trafficked when she was seven years old, but and then Brianna Mosley, it would help her. Her and her sister were both trafficked. Her sister didn't make it out alive, and Brianna did, and she, now she's got a nonprofit for her in, in the name of her sister, or a starting one. And then Jenna McKay with the Jenna McKay Foundation. So you got to, and it's not just poor socioeconomic disadvantaged communities like Odessa grew up poor. Brianna was somewhat lower, you know, middle class. Um, uh, Jenna was high middle class, two family household. Christian went to school, full ride scholarship to Vanguard University. Some guys like, I love you. And she's like, I love you too. And you know, her mom and dad's like, don't you go to Vegas with him? And she goes, you can't tell me what to do. And off she goes. And it takes her like six or eight months to get back. Um, He trafficked her. So Good it Lord. happens across the board. Wow. I must say, Senator, when I hear these stories and and you say how difficult it was to get it passed into law, and thank God that it did get passed into law. That's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's the important thing. But but what strikes me is why in the world would anyone say I object to this law? 
Because if I were in your position or in a position of anyone that's trying to get this law passed, I would say to my colleagues, if you object to this, I'm going to run ads saying that you support child sex trafficking, period, the end. That's what I'm going to do. That's what you're saying. You will not crack down on this. Uh, something is wrong with you. You are morally uh, unfinished. You have not you have not finished cooking. Uh, something's wrong with you. If you don't just naturally say, of course, we want to stop this. Who in their right mind would object to this? Uh, the attorney general, Rob Bonta's wife, who is an assembly member, uh, objected to it. Uh, the uh, Reggie Jones Sawyer, a, a, an assembly member running for the Los Angeles City Council where Figueroa Street is there. And there's young girls all up and down that street and they just drive people drive by real slow. It's backed up traffic, just picking up young girls. He objected to it. Their arguments are, is that of course I'm a white Caucasian female, the first female veteran that's ever served in the California state legislature. But their argument to me was I, me, I just want to put people, um, black and brown people in prison. And my response to them was, I don't care what color your skin is. If you're selling children for sex, you should be in prison. Um, yeah, and, yeah said, and not only that, but I mean, <laughs> a lot of these kids are black and brown. They don't give a damn exactly. about the black and brown children. Exactly. Uh, there was there was a statement made um, by one of my witnesses that just said, you know, you're protecting your if you if that's your argument, you're protecting the black men that are selling our black children into sex slavery. And so she made that statement. Um, and, and, you know, when you think about the other arguments they gave, they they blamed poverty um, I'm sorry, you can't sell children for sex to get out of poverty. That's not a gainful employment opportunity. Uh, it just nothing they said even made sense to us in any way, shape or form. And I can tell you that uh, Mia Bonta, the um, assembly member married to California State Attorney General, we used information off of his website. You know, it's $150 billion a year industry. Um, he campaigned on um, eradicating human trafficking in order to be able to become the attorney general. That was one of his campaign promises. And then he said, um, and then she says, you know, that this bill needs work. It traps victims. And we had several district attorneys, several um, plaintiff's attorneys, several public defenders, they all said that the language that we put in this bill would not allow them to entrap victims of human trafficking, meaning somebody traffics you at the age of 7, 10, whatever it is, and you get to 14 and they think you've aged out and then you start recruiting other people. That's Stockholm syndrome. That's you're doing something to, to survive that horrific lifestyle. And we're not trying to go after those people. We're trying to go after the perpetrators that are committing this horrific crime. And we did it. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Thank God you did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, Rob, Bonta, God, absolutely. Rob Bonta has been an absolute disgrace. Um, and I'm, I guess it runs in the, the family unit there. Now, I guess the, the question this all begs for me is, are you going to have trouble seeing it be um, enforced in some of these counties that have the activist DAs, the judges, the activist politicians, legislators, and activist attorneys that are all running on this identity politic that you're describing as the basis of their argument? 
Oh, I don't doubt one bit that we'll have problems in certain counties, but in Kern County, Tulare County, Sacramento County, I mean, and there are going to be a lot of counties where you will not get away with this and you've been put on notice because you will go to prison. And so um, I don't doubt that um, in Los Angeles a County with Gascon and up in the Bay Area, I, I don't doubt that they will not use this as a tool in their toolbox, but it will um, give some district attorneys um, the op- it gives all district attorneys and some of them will take advantage of this. The other thing is that before we came on the show, I was listening to your comments about the border. You know, when Trump was in office, and I know people have a really, you know, some people have a problem with Trump, his policies were extraordinarily great for the United States of America. And when he was in office, these cartels and these people that bring these children across the border, they had a DNA testing. Like, if this is not your child, then you're not going to bring it across the border and we're going to do something to protect this child. Now they just recycle children. You know, somebody brings them in, the next day they go back and they bring some that, you know, somebody else brings them in so that they can get in with a child. And then when they get these children here, these they have lost track. You know, the the federal government has lost track of so many children um, that have come across our border that we don't even know the horrific life they are living here in the United States. And, you know, one thousand. Yeah, I think I was about to say it's 84,000, 84, 85,000, something like that. 85,000. Yes. April. So we're way beyond April now. I, I, what I, what, what drives know, me, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say what I don't get and what I, I'm having a tough time with. And I'm, as, as I'm listening to you talk, Senator, I'm trying to wrap my head around this and I'm getting more angry as I think about it. How the media is not shaming and blaming every single. Bonta needs to be shamed and blamed uh, that these people need to be called out for the, uh, the, 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 the evil that they're perpetrating here and covering for. I, I just cannot for the life of me understand the rationale behind it. There is no common sense. Rationale. There is no there is no rationale on the floor speeches on the assembly side. The Republican floor leader, um, assembly member Flora said, if you don't vote for this bill, you're siding with pedophiles. So he made that statement. Of course, L.A. Times, San Francisco Chronicle, they all went after him for it. Um, and then, of course, the Democrats became the victims in the situation and how they were felt like they were going to be threatened and so on and so forth. But to my knowledge, not one claim was filed with the CHP detail that protects all of us, but they claimed that you know they were getting all these horrible threats and i don't know that i i can't say that they didn't happen i don't condone that in any way shape or form but the bottom line is is that you got you're in this position there are 80 california state assembly members and 40 senators and this bill got off the floor in the senate in the upper house 40-0. And for three people in the Public Safety Committee, Mia Bonta married to the Attorney General, Isaac Bryan, the Majority Floor Leader, and Reggie Jones-Sawyer, the Committee Chairman of um, the Public Safety Committee, they call it that, to kill that bill because they didn't like the way it was written and they were afraid that people were going to go to jail. And that's what people should do is go to jail if they sell children for sex. So I don't have any excuse for those people. I don't. Not at all. No, yeah, yeah. They, 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 like I said, they, they, they were, they, they didn't quite finish the incubation process when it came to morality. It sounds like. I mean, you put, you put, you put these the kids. Ones- They were the ones I mean, but they were the exception to their party. Like we had Democrats. I mean, I had several Democrat co-authors 
And we had Democrats saying, you know, hey, you guys, you got you. This is ridiculous. I mean, the governor stepped in, right, because yeah. he you know, is a PR disaster, first of all. But then he stepped in because his his wife is very she was very engaged in the process. And she cares deeply about these individuals that are being sold for sex. And like I said, I wish we could have got it where we got labor. I mean. I'm a San Bernardino County Sheriff that did a bust where they brought all these Hmong individuals out of a like a C train. There must have been about 60 of them stacked in there, just like, you know, concentration camp trains, you know, just very stacked on top of each other. They looked 80 pounds soaking wet. They were hungry and they were all oh doing mar- illegal marijuana grows, you know, and it was tied back to the Chinese. And so it's just crazy what happens here in California. And Senator we Grove, don't have uh, the... Senator Grove, I'm sorry to interrupt, but we're down to just 30 seconds left. So uh, I hate to interrupt you, but this is an amazing win. And keep up the good work. We really yeah. appreciate this message you're bringing Bravo. us. You guys are awesome. Thank you for covering it. And I didn't mean to go on and on, but I get no, I Senator. Thank you so much. Thank it. you for your service, too. And a happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you.